Praise God. Amen. Then sit down. Muni Sydney. I can preach English or Afrikaans, whatever you choose. If I preach English, you'll understand. If I preach Afrikaans, you won't understand. Neither will I. Now, it is a, um, it's a real privilege for me to be here and be asked to speak at this 21st celebration of this great church and the 21st celebration of Pastor Theo and Beverly's ministry. Thank God for them. Give the Lord a great hand of praise for them. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, Pastor Theo and Beverly have many spiritual sons, but always remember that I'm the firstborn. Amen. And uh, my, my mom, my mom went to the church on the second week that it had started. There were four people. And um, a few months later, she managed to convince me to go. And I thank God that I did. My whole life changed. This church has impacted so many people. Impacted this nation and the world. Amen. And you're privileged. I hope you know that you're privileged to be in a church like this. You really are. I don't understand people that could ever leave a church like this unless God called them out. I was speaking to someone last week had been at, been at our church for six years and, and they came to our church. I mean, they were earning 3,000 rand a month and now they're earning 30,000 rand a month and they, the, the Word of God has changed their life. And this man said to me that he's think, he senses that there's a change. It's time to move on. I said, what do you want to move on for? You're doing great. Why would you want to change? That doesn't make any sense to me. The only reason to ever leave is if God calls you out for a purpose. Amen? Praise the Lord. Well, hold your Bible up today and say this with me. Say, this is my Bible. And I am everything it says I am. And I can do everything it says I can do. And I have all it says I have. Today, I am going to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of God's Word. And I boldly declare, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. Shout it out. Never, never, never. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I wish my wife was able to be here. She's in, uh, she's in the United States. We do a little bit of tag teaming. She preached there on Sunday. And I was down in Cape Town. I'm flying out on Friday to meet up with her. It, uh, it does uh, tend for excitement. But I wish she could be here. But praise God. I want to talk to you today, share with you about... Believing in yourself. Believing in yourself. What do I mean by believing in yourself? That may sound to some like a very carnal, fleshly statement. To believe in yourself. Jill said to me, that's probably a good thing for you to talk about. <laughs> if you know me, you'll know why. But uh, I'll tell you, when I first came to Pastor Theo's church, I wasn't like I am now. I was very shy, introverted. And uh, if I had to speak in front of people, it was the worst thing I could imagine. But you know what? I found out that when I talk about believing in yourself, I'm talking about seeing yourself the way God sees you. I'm talking about believing that you are who God says you are. I'm talking about believing that you can do what God says you can do. And until you believe that you are who God says, you'll never fulfill God's destiny for your life. You'll never fulfill God's purpose for your life, until you believe that you are who God says that you are. You know, when, when God appeared to Moses in Exodus chapter 3 and chapter 4, and He said to him, I want you to lead my people out of Egypt. 
Remember the story? Has anyone ever heard that story? Remember the burning bush? And, and, and what did Moses say? Was he excited? Did he say, oh, wonderful, I can hardly wait. He said, Lord, not me, not I, can't be me. He said, Lord, what am I going to tell them? What's your name? You would think when you're speaking to a burning bush, it really wouldn't matter what his name is. What is your name? I need to know. And he said, tell them I am that I am. said, well, God, what if they don't believe me? He said, Moses, what do you have in your hand? He said, a rod. He said, throw it on the ground. He threw it on the ground and it became a serpent, right? He said, take it up again by the tail. You don't take up a serpent by the tail. I don't intend taking up serpent by the tail or any other place, but I, I know that you don't do that. He... he, he, he he took up the serpent by the tail and it became a rod and he said, Moses, I'll be with you. In other words, I'll give you signs and wonders. They'll believe you. And then he said, Lord, still wasn't convinced. He said, Lord, I don't speak very good. He stuttered. I don't speak well. God, why don't you send my brother, Aaron, send my brother. You see, it's amazing when you don't believe in yourself. You become very creative at finding reasons why you can't do what God said you can do. And there's a lot of us today, instead of doing and stepping out in faith and doing what God said, our self-doubt holds us back from doing what God's telling us to do. Amen? Amen? If you're ever going to fulfill your destiny, and God has a destiny for your life, tell your neighbor, God's got a destiny for my life. Say, God's got a plan for my life. Say, I'm not here by accident. I'm here by divine plan. I want you to know God has a purpose for every one of our lives. He has a divine purpose, a divine plan. And there's nothing like knowing that you're in the plan and purpose of God. That's success. Success is being in the will of God. Success is a progressive uh, a realization of God-given goals for your life. That, that's the definition of success. You, there's more to life than just getting up in the morning and eating your pronuto and going to work and working at a job that you're not really all that happy about and, and then coming home and, you know, eating your babuti and then watching Igoli and going to bed and getting up in the morning, eating pro neutro again and going to work. There's more to life than that. When you realize and you begin to understand God has a destiny and, and, and you, as you seek the Lord, he'll, he'll reveal that destiny, He'll reveal that plan. I tell you, life becomes exciting. But you'll never fulfill that destiny if you don't believe in yourself. When the children of Israel, God told them, go take the promised land, what did they say? They sent in the spies. Spies came back. They said, wow. What a land. Look at the grapes. God made you to taste the grapes of blessing. But you know what? The grapes of blessing are never placed in your mouth. They're placed in your reach. You've got to reach for them. God rewards a reacher. And so when they came back, they said, it's wonderful, it's awesome. But there's a problem. There's giants in the land. And what did they say? They said, we cannot take the land. We cannot take the land. They didn't say God can't take it. They said we can't take it. They said we are like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Do you know the way you see yourself determines how other people see you? If you don't have respect for yourself, people won't have respect for you either. You don't carry yourself as a man of God, a woman of God. People won't see you that way either. You see yourself as a grasshopper. People will step on you. You said, I'm, if you say I'm tired of people stepping on me, well then stop stepping on yourself. They said we can't take the land. We can't do it. There's giants. They didn't believe in themselves. 
Their problem was not believing in God. Their problem was believing that they could do what God said they could do. But thank God there were two who had a different spirit. Their names were Joshua and Caleb. You know what they said? They said, we can take the land. We are well able. Because these, these giants, they are our bread. Oh, we can do it. Let's go up at once. Let's go right now. Let's go and take this land. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> they ran out. Everybody just stayed behind. The people chose to believe. The report of doubt. The, 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 it's amazing how people, it's easier to believe something that's negative than to believe something that's positive. And they, they believe the, 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 the negative report. And God wasn't pleased. I'll tell you right now, folks, when we don't believe that we can do what God says, it, it displeases Him. Some people, when they hear what I'm saying, especially religious people, they say, well, that doesn't sound to me, that sounds arrogant. We should be humble. You shouldn't talk about believing in yourself. Huh, what arrogance. Listen, it would be arrogant to say that I'm anything less than what God says that I am. That would be arrogance. The humble position is, I am what God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. When you, when you talk like that, you say, praise God, I can do all things through Christ. Some people get upset with you. Who do you think you are? Arrogance. Ha! I never heard such, what a cocky young whippersnapper. But you see, if you don't believe that you can do what God says, if you don't believe you, you are what God says, you'll never step out in faith and enter your promised land. You'll never step out in faith and, and take possession of what God has for you. Amen? I want you to know, God wants you to believe in who you are in Christ. I'm not talking about believing who you are in by natural ability. I'm talking about believing who you are because of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. Because of who you are in Christ. When, when God appeared to Gideon. See, I, 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 I haven't got time to turn all the scriptures because, you know, this is six hours of teaching, so I've just got to try and tell you it in one hour. So I can't turn all the scriptures, but, but uh, when God appeared to Gideon, and he, and he said, Gideon, <laughs> I want you to go and defeat, I believe it was the Philistines, or it was the Amalekites. Who was it? Who? The Midianites. I was just testing you, you see. Just to see. The Midianites. <laughs> he said, go, defeat the Midianites. What did Gideon say? In fact, I like what, uh, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon. If you read it in the New Living Bible, you know what he said? He said, Gideon, you mighty hero. Gideon looked around. Are you talking to me? Yes, you, you mighty man of valor. <laughs> me? He said, don't you know that I come from the tribe that is the weakest and the smallest of all of Israel? But you see, God built up his faith and confidence. He said, you're a mighty hero. You are a mighty man of valor. I tell you, God will never ever put you down. God will never ever condemn you. He's, he's, any thought of condemnation doesn't come from God. God will always lift you up. He'll always encourage you. Can you say amen? amen. I want to share with you today six things that you need to do to develop a godly self-image. Six things. You need to write them down. Tonight, make sure, bring your pen. Bring paper. You're going to need a pen. Unless you intend buying all of the tapes, which I would highly recommend that you do, because there's no way that you can capture everything that is said by hearing it one time. Impossible. I, I was there. We went to the I'm sure Positia told you the conference in Chicago. It was such an awesome conference. And this is going to be just as good this week. I'm telling you right now. There's a lot of the God's men who were preaching there. preaching, preaching here. And uh, I, 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 I got a, the one particular video I wanted to show the church. It was of Dr. Mark Murdoch. And so I got the, the video. And then I, I watched the video. And I had sat in the service. And I was amazed how much that he said that I'd never, I never, I didn't, I didn't hear that. And then I watched it a third time in Cape Town because we showed it on Friday night in Cape Town. And I thought, man, 
I never heard him say that. That's just the third time. That's why these meetings and the services are recorded. So you can take that tape and you can listen to it again and again and again. You'll be amazed how much more you get out of it when you listen to it two, three, four, five times. Pastor Thea, I know that he, he's got tapes that he's listened to Brother Hagen 150 times. Listened to them so many times, wore the tape out. Had to get a new one. Instead of driving to work, listening to uh, my baby likes to do the hanky-panky. <laughs> or whatever. You drive to work, you listen to the Word of God. Six things today I'd like to share with you of how to develop a godly self-image. Number one. Number one is capture any thought that condemns you or causes you to feel inferior and cast it down. Don't accept any thought whether it be the enemy that puts that thought in your mind or maybe something that somebody says to you. You know, a lot of us a lot of people have been greatly affected by things that our parents said about us, by things that our teachers said about us, by things that people that we had regard for said over us. We believed it, and it's affected the whole way we think about ourselves. Maybe you were in school and the teacher said, You just average. You just average. You're not very smart. You'll always be average. You'll probably get an average job. You'll just be okay. You'll probably live in an okay house. You'll drive an okay car. You'll marry an okay husband. You'll live next to okay bazaars. You know, don't, don't expect. Don't expect too much. Now, as much as I do value education, I've Wish I had uh, more of it. Didn't finish my trick. Wish I had. But now my children, you see, I'm going to make up for it in them. They're going to be so educated. I, I, I have regard for education, but you know what? You'd be amazed how many people that are successful in the world are not really very educated people. Most millionaires, most millionaires never went to college or university. Capture any thought that would condemn you or make you feel inferior. The Bible tells us that in Romans chapter 8 that there is no condemnation to those in Christ. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3 it says, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not Carnal, but they're mighty. Thank God we've got mighty weapons for pulling down strongholds. Now, some people have taken this verse and taught that this is pulling down the strongholds in the heavenlies. Now, whether that is something that we should do or not, this verse is not talking about that. This verse is not talking about that. This verse is talking about, look what it says. It says, it says um, pulling down strongholds, and then it says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity of Christ. This is talking about casting down strongholds in your mind. This is talking about casting down wrong thoughts. Uh, condemnation, inferiority, casting, that can be a stronghold in your mind. I tell you, you will never become any more than you think yourself to be. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, Proverbs 23 verse 7, so is he. Or you could say, as a man thinketh in his heart, that it determines what he becomes. You'll never become successful until you can see yourself Successful. And think success. And think prosperity. You'll never really be healed 
until you see yourself healed. You, you think health. As long as you think and see yourself sick, you're going to struggle to be healthy. Any thought that comes into your mind that condemns you, puts you down, makes you feel inferior, robs you of self-confidence, the Bible says that we should cast it down, we should pull down that stronghold, and we should refuse to accept it. In the name of Jesus. Because you know what? What you think is controlling your life. The way you think controls your life. That, that, is, that is a powerful statement. I'll say it again. What you think is controlling your life. Your mind is like a homing device. It takes you to your most dominant thoughts. Whatever you think about the most, whatever's in your mind, whatever you think about, that's what you're going to be drawn to. That's why the Bible says that we have to be careful what we, what we put into our mind. We have to guard our mind. Amen? We have to guard our mind. If the devil can control the way you think, he can control the way you live. If you can control the way you think, now this gets over into a lot of areas. If we want to live holy life, God requires we live a holy life, then we have to guard our mind because if we think the wrong things, we're going to end up doing the wrong things. Isn't that right? It's the same if you want to fulfill your destiny, if you, if you want to be successful, and God wants you to be successful. He desires success for you. He wants you to prosper. He wants every one of His children to prosper. In fact, I've got news for you. He wants you to be rich. Some people, someone said, well, I don't really want to be rich just as long as I have enough. Why? Don't you want God's will for your life? Jesus became poor so that we might be made rich. God wants you rich. What does it mean to be rich? It means more than enough. It means a full supply. It means more than you need to take care of all of your needs. Be debt-free, not in the, uh, under control of the world system. Be debt-free and have plenty left over to be a blessing to others. That's what it means to be rich. Amen? But if the devil can get you thinking that you're not supposed to be rich, that's not for you. Not for you. Not for others. He can get you to think that and accept it. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 55, let me just read it to you, Isaiah 55, verse 7 and 9. It says, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God and he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are Higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Listen, you can never have God's high ways until you have God's high thoughts. Until you think God's high thoughts, you can't have God's high ways. A lot of people are living the low ways. A lot of, a lot of, so many Christians are living below where God wants them to live because of the way they think. Because of the way they see themselves. Because of what they believe about themselves. If you want the high ways, you've got to think the high thoughts. You say, well, how do I think God's thoughts? Well, that's easy. You've got a book in front of you that's filled with God's thoughts. It's the knowledge of God. God breathed His thoughts and His knowledge and His wisdom in between the covers of your Bible. All of the treasures of wisdom, success, uh, every problem you could ever face, the solution is between the covers of your Bible. Uh, you're never going to discover it if you don't open them. <laughs> and coming to church on Sunday is praise God for that, but you know that's not that's not that's, that's not enough. You've got to dedicate, discipline, spend time reading the Word of God every day, because then you can find out what God thinks. You know, a lot of, you'd be amazed, a lot of religious people, people that go to church every Sunday, they have thoughts they think is God's thoughts and it's not God's thoughts, it's not out of the Bible. It's out of men's minds and men's ideas and men's tradition and men's theology. Amen? It's easy to think God's thoughts, just they're in the Bible. It's not a mystery. Oh, you 
never know what God's going to do. He works in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. Uh -uh. God has revealed his will and his thoughts and his ways in his word. Say amen. What are some low thoughts that we should forsake? I tell you some low thoughts that you need to forsake. Here's one. I can never change. That's a low thought. That's a low thought. God says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You should just eliminate from your vocabulary the word can't. They never say, I can't. That's a low thought. Say, through Christ, I can do all things. That's thinking the high ways. Another low thought is, I'll never get out of these circumstances. I'm never going to get out of this situation. That's a low thought. That's a low thought. A high thought is, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Out of them all. Another low, another low thought is, that'll never work for me. I could never do that. I'm not educated enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not talented. Let me tell you right now, God is not actually looking for talent. God will use your talent. God will use your ability. God is looking for availability, faithfulness, diligence, I'm telling you, God will take people that don't have great talent who are faithful and He'll increase their talent. The Bible says the man who had five talents and he was faithful, God increased his talent. Isn't that right? Don't ever limit yourself by, by those kind of things. Creflo Dollar, Pastor Creflo Dollar, he says there are three eyes that you have to pull down. Three eyes. Three eyes that are strongholds. Inferiority, inadequacy, and insecurity. You've got to pull those things down out of your mind and out of your life. Inferiority, inadequacy, and inferiority. Pull down strongholds and limitations of low self-esteem, timidity, lack of confidence, or they will control your life. Someone said, Pastor Steve, you must understand, I was born like this. I'm just very shy. I was... What? You weren't born like that. You were born screaming your lungs out. You were born screaming your lungs out. When you were hungry, everybody knew about it. When you were unhappy, everybody knew about it. You had to be trained to become withdrawn, insecure, inferior. You had to be trained to become that way. You weren't born that way. God never made you that way. The Bible says that we have not been given a spirit of fear. We've not been given a spirit of timidity. But we've been given a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. The Bible says the righteous are bold as a lion. You ever seen a lion? Man, he is not intimidated by anything. You can even come up to a lion with a shotgun and he will stand you down because he's a lion. He is the king of the beasts. The Bible says the righteous are bold as a lion. Amen. Don't walk around, oh, I'm so timid. I'm so sure I could never do that. No, no, no. Say, I'm bold. I could never witness for the Lord, Pastor Steve. I'm so shy. Say, I'm bold. Say it when you don't feel it. I'm bold. I've been given a spirit of power. Praise God. I'm not, I am not timid to witness to anybody. Amen. I think David or Britain was born that way. I'm telling you, David or Britain has trained himself the way he is. He phoned us the other day. He was so excited. He won to the Lord, the guy who's in charge of, uh, what is it, the youth places where people stay, youth, um, no, youth mission, not a Christian, YMCA. The guy, head of YMCA, they, they, they bought a building from him and he led him to the Lord. He just witnesses everywhere he goes. He's trained himself to be that way. He's really not any different from you and I. Same Holy Spirit, same Word of God, same name of Jesus, same. Amen. The war must be won in your mind if you want to begin to believe in yourself and become what God destined you to become. Say, if I am ever going to become what God destined me to become, I must cast down any thought of inferiority or insecurity or condemnation or inadequacy, 
in the name of Jesus. I refuse to believe anything other than what God says about me. I believe I can do everything God says I can do. I am bold as a lion. Watch out, devil. Number two. What time did I start? You've got to help me because I don't look at clocks. I don't look at watches. I've got... <laughs> number two. Number two. Are you ready? We've done the number one. We've got five to go. Are you ready for this? Praise the Lord. I'll finish it next year or the next 21st birthday. Here we go. Number two. The second thing you've got to do if you're going to develop a godly self-esteem, if you're going to believe that you are who God says you are, number two, you must forget the past. Forget the past. You must forget the past. Paul the Apostle said, Brethren, I don't count myself to, app- to have app- apprehended. He said, I don't think I've arrived. I'm not perfect. I haven't arrived. But he said, one thing I do. He says, there's one thing I do. I forget the things that are behind. And I reach forward to the things that lie ahead. Amen. You see, the children of Israel, that's what they, they couldn't do that. They couldn't forget what was behind. They still saw themselves as slaves. They didn't see themselves as giant slayers. They didn't see themselves as mighty men and women of God. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. You've got to leave the past behind you. Don't allow your past to determine your future. Put the past behind. Your past is irrelevant when you know who you are in Christ and when you know your destiny. How many times have I bumped into people? One day I bumped into someone uh, a car dealership and Prosthea's name came up. I don't, I don't remember how, but anyway, it did. I think we were talking about well, I was a pastor and what have you. He says to me, Pastor, I know him. I was in the army with him. Then he went on to tell me all stories about him. Well, he started to. He still saw him the way he used to be. But you see, God doesn't see you like that. Those things are behind. If any man is in Christ, it's a new creation. You say, Pastor, what happens if since I became a Christian, I made big mistakes? Thank God. If anyone sinned, if we confess our sin, He's faithful and righteous to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And He casts our seas, He casts our sins into the depths of the sea as far as the east is from the west. Really, it's the same thing. If you truly repent, you can put that past behind you and you can move on to your future, to your destiny. Hallelujah! Don't allow your past to destroy your future or distort the way that you think about yourself. So many people allow. So many people live in the past. The past is gone. Thank God for the past, the good memories. You know, memories like the corners of my mind. That's what some people saw. The way we were. Oh, remember how it was? That's gone. The way we were. I'm reaching forward. I'm pressing forward. Yes. Thank God for past success. Thank, not thank God, but shame about past mistakes. But I'm forgetting the past. I'm moving forward. I'm reaching forward. So I'm forgetting the past. So I'm not going to allow what's happened in the past to determine my future. God has a great future for me. My future is bright. The Bible says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good. Plans to prosper you. To give you hope and a future. That's how God thinks about your future. He's got a good future for you. It's so good to know. God is so good. It's so good to know that even when you really mess up and you really blow it, you can say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've blown it. I've missed it. And God will still, God will still, See a bright future for you. God never says, well, too bad. What a shame. I have done things for you. Too late now. Finished. As long as you've got breath in your body. 
As long as you allow, the only time it's too late is when you leave this earth, then it's too late. Then you can't change it. But as long as you've got breath in your body, it's never too late. Amen? Amen. Number three. Number three. I understand. I apologize. Pastor Theo has to go. When you have to go, you have to go. (laughs) You know what I mean, right? He has to leave. Number three. Number three. Is everyone still listening? Are you writing it down? Number three. Never compare yourself to others. Never compare yourself to others. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 12 says, We, this is what Paul the Apostle said, he said, We dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. But they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. In other words, they stupid. Not The opposite of not wise is stupid. Foolish. Don't ever compare yourself to anybody else. God doesn't compare you with anyone else. Don't ever compare your children with their unique, got unique personalities and giftings and talents. That's what's so great about being a human. Every fingerprint is different. No two people are the same. God doesn't compare you and measure you according to other people. He doesn't compare you to anyone else. You know why? Because He made you the way you are. And He likes you. He likes you the way you are because He made you the way you are. In fact, you are the greatest you He ever created. There ain't nobody like you. You're the greatest you that exists. I'm not suggesting we get full of pride, become Muhammad Ali. I am the greatest Greatest. But I'll tell you one thing, Muhammad Ali believed in himself. He became heavyweight champion three times, so, you know, he believed in himself. You're the greatest you. You know what? You are a really good you, but you are a terrible someone else. When you compare yourself to other people, your self-esteem will suffer. But when you believe that God made you, and that you're special. It'll fill you with confidence. Now please understand, I'm not saying that we can't improve ourselves. I'm not saying that we should be striving to be more like Jesus. The only one that you want to try to be like is Jesus. I'm not saying we can't improve. I'm not saying we can't be inspired by other people. I get inspired. I'll tell you right now, for me to be around Pastor Theo and, and Bev, it inspires me. I get inspired. I get motivated to do more. But at the same time, I understand that I'm not them. I'm not going to try and be. Positive. Some people think that I do, but listen, any similarity between me and Positive is just accidental. I mean, you know, a son does have some similarities to the father. I, I, I shouldn't say, it's not accidental because when someone imparts into your life. But I'm not trying to be a carbon copy because God made me, me, and he made you, you. I never try and be someone else. It's amazing how people want to change who they are. If they've got straight hair, they want to curl it. If it's curly, they want to drive straight. If they've got blue eyes, they get contacts and they make them green. If they're white skin, they lie in the sun so they can get darker. If they're dark skin, they put on ointment to make them lighter. It's 
amazing how very often we don't just, you know, we want to try and change who we are. Huh? Don't try and be someone else. Be the best you you can be. Be the best you you can be. Amen? Praise the Lord. There's a big difference between allowing someone else to inspire you and trying to be like them. Number four. Making good progress now. Hey, Alan, what do you think? Number four. Believe the love God has for you. Believe the love God has for you. Here's a, here's a powerful scripture. 1 John 4 verse 16. We have known and believed the love God has for us. You see, there's a big difference between knowing God loves you and really believing it. There's a big difference in saying, I know God loves me, but do you really believe it? Because when, listen, if God loves me, I can love me too. Some people think it's wrong to love yourself. The Bible says we should love our neighbor as we love ourselves. If you don't love yourself, you can't love anybody else. If you don't feel good about yourself, how can you feel good about someone else? If you don't think well of yourself, how will you think well of anybody else? God loves you. If God loves me, hey, I can love me too. God loves you. Say, God loves me. Say, I believe in the love God has for me. Listen, out of all of creation, you can stop now. I'll let you know when it's your turn. <laughs> Out of all of creation, God loves you. Out of all of creation, God loves you. Man, you are so special. You are so important to God. The Bible says you've been made in God's image and likeness. The Bible says you are His workmanship. You know, the New Living Bible says you are His masterpiece. He's masterpiece. Created for good works. What would happen if you went and you stood at an art gallery and you were looking at this picture, painting, and you said, man, that is the ugliest painting I've ever seen in my life. I can't believe they got that hanging on the wall. My two-year-old could paint better than that. I could paint better than that with my left foot. I can't believe this is hanging on the wall. And then someone taps you on the shoulder. Excuse me. The artist is standing right behind you. You'd, wouldn't you be embarrassed? Wouldn't you be humiliated? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you, wouldn't you? Because if you criticize his work, you talk bad about his work, you talk bad about him. When you talk bad about you, when you talk bad about God's workmanship, when you talk bad about God's masterpiece, I want you to know you're talking bad about God. You, do you talk bad about my kids? I don't like it. God doesn't want you to talk bad about yourself. You're His child. You're His masterpiece. You are His workmanship. Say, I'm God's workmanship. Say, I am His masterpiece. Say, I'm special to God. I am unique. There's nobody like me. There's not wrong to think that way. That's how God thinks. God thinks that way. Amen? I'll tell you right now, the world we live in, they put more value on dolphins and seals and whales and, than people. They don't value people. Man, we'll go, boy, it'll be on the news all around the world, save the dolphins, save the penguins. Man, all the people come out for the penguins. Now, I've got nothing against the penguins. But then, millions of lives, babies, are aborted every year and no one wants to say anything about that. And in fact, if you say anything, what's wrong with you? Everyone has a choice. You have a choice. Don't have sex. That's your choice. Once you have sex and you get pregnant, you used up your choice. 
God values people. That's what God values. I'm not saying the environment is not important. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying there's a movement in the world today that seems to devalue people and lift up and elevate the rainforest. God puts value on people. He put everything in this world here for you. It's here for you. Just for you. The earth and all the fullness thereof belongs to the Lord and the Bible says that He's given it to the sons of men. You have been created in the image of God. The Bible says you've been created just a little lower than God Himself. The translators said angel in, 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 in Psalm, chapter, Psalm chapter 8, but it actually is Elohim, God. You made just a little lower than God. Now, if a, if a, if a horse has, has kids, what do we call them? Horses. That was an easy question. I hope you get the next one. I'm getting worried about them now. I heard this was such a clever bunch. If a dog has kids, what do they call them? Dogs. If a cat has kids, we call them cats. When God has kids, what do we call them? Worms. Sinners. No good. Unworthy. Oh Lord, I just said worms. Oh, what humility. No, what stupidity. Insulting God's creation. You're his masterpiece. Jesus, when he went around, they got upset with him. They said, you make yourself the son of God. He said, doesn't your word, your law say, you are God's? Now, I'm not saying you should walk around, I'm God, Steve. From now on, address me as Lord Steve. I mean, Sarah did call Abraham Lord. Uh, that's something I've pointed out to my wife many times, but she doesn't get the revelation. I mean, I'm just trying to elevate our thinking. That religious thinking, I tell you what, this pseudo false humility that religion has created, it, it, it's a stench in the nostrils of God. That's not biblical. That's not what God thinks and wants you, to, wants you to think about yourself. Number five. They took off my little clock. I knew if I went long enough, Alan, that clock would go away. That's what I do. I just ignore it until they... No, I'm, I'm doing as quick as I can. We started a quarter to two. two. Okay, two o'clock I started speaking. I've got ten minutes. Who? Would you stay here till six? Yeah. Number five. Are you ready for number five? Let me tell you. Let me say this last thing. When you, let me say this last thing on point four. When you believe, when you really believe the love God has for you, you'll feel good about yourself. You really will. It'll change the way that you see yourself. I find out when you condemn people and you tell them how no good they are, that's how they act. When you condemn them, you tell them you're no good. That's what, see, religion thought if you condemn people, they'll do, they'll act right. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. I found Jesus went around loving, loving people. The religious people, the religious people got mad at him. He said, you know, you have your father the devil. You, they didn't realize God's ways. Number five. Believe that God has planned a great destiny for you. If you're ever going to have a godly self-esteem, and believe in yourself. You've got to believe that God has planned a great destiny for you. Because He has. Amen. The Bible says, Ephesians 2 verse 10, we're His workmanship, we're His masterpiece, we're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The New Living Bible says, he created us anew in Christ Jesus that we can do the good things He planned for us. God's got good things planned for you to do. God's got good works planned for you to do. He planned it before you were even born. He planned it before He even created the world. He knew that you would be here right now. I want you to know you are living in destiny. I believe we are living in the greatest hour in human history. I believe we are living in the church's greatest hour. I believe we're living in the days where God is pouring out His Spirit like never before. And I believe God is raising up His church as a mighty army to go forth in the 
power of the Spirit of God and do things like we've never done before. But in order to do that, we've got to believe that we've got a destiny. We've got to believe we can do what He says. We've got to believe in, our, in ourselves. How can you ever get people, how can you get young men to step out and start churches if they don't believe in themselves, if they don't believe they can do? How can you get young women to step out and start their own business to be finances and given to the kingdom of God if they don't believe in themselves, if they don't believe they can do what God says? You've got to believe you've got a destiny. Say, I've got a destiny. Say, God prepared it before I was even born. Praise God. You're not an accident. You're not an accident. You say, but positive, you don't understand. My parents didn't want me. Friend, you don't understand. God planned you. God wanted you. And God chose you before you were ever born. You're not an accident. You say, positive, I don't know who my father is. Yes, you do. He lives up in heaven. He is your Father in heaven. You know who He is and He loves you and He cares for you. You're not some kind of accident. Maybe your parents didn't want you, but I tell you, God did. You weren't born by accident. You got a destiny. I'm telling you, I, I believe it was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, well, I, I don't want, but there's, a man, there's, a, there's an evangelist down in Cape Town. An evangelist down in Cape Town came preaching at church and He's one of 12 children. And his mother was going to abort him. Thank God she didn't. He's preaching the gospel. Winning people to the Lord. You might say, well, I'm an accident. No. God had a plan for your life. God had a purpose for your life. Amen? Hallelujah? You must believe God's got a destiny for your life. And then you must surrender to that destiny. Surrender. Say, Lord... Okay, say, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I will say whatever you want me to say, and I'll go wherever you want me to go. Just be careful when you say that. You might land up in a terrible place like West Palm Beach, like me, suffering for the Lord. I'll have to pray for you, Joe and Maureen. I'll have to think of you and pray for you. Um, thank you. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. It's amazing how the mindset of destiny makes you live differently to people in the world. When you have a mindset, hey, I've got a destiny. I'm here for a reason. It makes you live different to people in the world. People say, what's different about you? I have destiny. I have a divine destiny. When you go to work, you don't go to work just for your paycheck. You go to work because you know God put you there. You're a light in a world of darkness. You're there. You're a minister. You're there to reach out and touch people's lives that Pastor Theo and Bev will never maybe meet. They might never meet them. But God puts you there. That you can reach people. Listen, you can reach people no one else can reach. You can reach people that I, that I can't reach. You can reach people who won't listen to me, but they'll listen to you. You've got a destiny. The people around you understand this. Not for you are by accident. God's got people around you and He intends for you to reach out to them. He intends for you to reach out to them. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Number six. Number six. Last one. If you're going to believe in yourself, if you're going to have godly self-image, you're going to believe you can do what God says, you're going to fulfill your destiny. Number six. You have to Focus your mind on God's thoughts. Focus your mind on God's thoughts. Proverbs 23 says, For as a man thinketh, as a woman thinketh in his heart, so is he. What you think is controlling your life. What you think is determining the direction of your life. The way you think determines what you become. If you think you can't, I've got news for you, you can't. If you think you can't, you're right, you can't. If you think you can't, you won't be able to. That's what happened to the children of Israel. They missed their destiny because of the way they thought. They had a grasshopper mentality. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. Man, that's got to be one of the lowest forms of life as a grasshopper. I think even an ant's better than a grasshopper. Because the Bible says, go to the ant. Look at him. Diligence. I mean, the Bible lifts up the ant. Grasshopper. One of the plagues, you know. 
I let someone get upset with me because of grasshoppers. One time I was speaking and a lady, some kind of Christmas bug flew on the pulpit. Just, I, was, I had my notes and it flew one. I, I didn't think about it. I just went, I just picked it. Oh man, I had a lady upset with me afterwards. Cruelty to animals. She said to me, it's cruelty to animals. You're a man of God and cruelty to animals. And she wanted to leave the church. Some of us have become programmed by thoughts about ourselves that keep us from becoming what God created us to be. Amen? Amen. Some of us are programmed by things our parents said about us. Some of us are programmed by things our teachers said about us. You need to focus on what God says about you. You need to focus on the higher thoughts so that you can have the higher ways. Amen? Whatever you focus your mind on, that is what you will move towards. If you want to change things in your life, change your thinking. Be careful what you think because it is controlling your life. What you focus on and think in your mind is controlling where you go and how you live in your life. You know they did a study with some salesmen? They took some salesmen that were very, very successful. They were, they were top salesmen. And then they took another group of salesmen that, was, that were no, weren't doing well. They weren't selling much. They, 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 weren't, they were battling. They weren't selling, you know. They were low-selling low salesmen. And what they did is, these low-selling salesmen blamed their low sales on the area that they had. Their, you know, where they were working. So they took the top-selling salesmen, they put them in the area where the low-selling salesmen were, and they took the low-selling salesmen, and they put them over in the area where the top-selling salesmen were, and within three months, the top-selling salesman had brought that area up to sales, top sales, and the low-selling salesman had brought that area down. What's the point? The point is, it doesn't matter where you are, it matters what you think. It's not what's going on around you that's controlling you, it's what's going on inside of you. What's going on inside your mind, inside your head. What you think and what you believe about yourself is a controlling factor in your life. Say that. Say what I think about myself, what I believe about myself is the controlling factor in my life. Let me tell you some things. Now, again, best way to do this, go through the Word of God and every time you find something that talks about who you are in Christ, or talks about what you can do in Christ, or talks about what you possess in Christ, make a note of that scripture, go get all those scriptures and type them all out, and then meditate on them, dwell on them, fill your mind with those things, focus your attention on those things, begin to declare those things over your life, you will be transformed, you will never be the same again. Remember, you are the righteousness of God. You're an ambassador of God. How does an ambassador act? Now I'm telling you, when an ambassador arrives in another nation, they pick them up in a limousine, they take them to a mansion, they wear the best clothes, they have flags flying on the car, they have an entourage. Man, they live good, they eat good, because they represent their nation. Well, I want you to know, you represent all of heaven, you represent your Father God, you represent the Lord Jesus Christ, and we are God's ambassadors in this world. Don't walk around like a second-class citizen. Put your shoulders back, your head high. Say, praise God, I'm an ambassador. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm a new creation. I am a king and a priest. I'm accepted by God. I am to reign in life like a king. God made you to reign in life like a king. You're a world overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. Praise God, I'd rather be more than a conqueror than a conqueror. I prefer being more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror is when Evander Holyfield that goes and fights 15 rounds and fights Mark Tyson and gets his ear bitten off and it wasn't 15 rounds. Knocked him out in the second or third round, comes out of the ring, gets given a check for $25 million and hands it to his wife. She is more than a conqueror. I like because Jesus went and he whipped the devil. He defeated the devil. He went into hell. He rose on the third day. He overcame sin and sickness and, and, and poverty. He overcame it on my behalf. He rose from the dead and he said, Now all authority is given to me. I give it you. In my name, you go now. You cast out demons. In and out. I'd rather be more than a conqueror. He fought for me. Amen. 
You can do all things through Christ. Say that. Close your eyes. Say, I can do all things through Christ. Say, I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit. Say, I'm anointed of God to do the works of Jesus. Say, I don't have a spirit of timidity. I have a spirit of power and love. Say, I am full of boldness. Say, I'm delivered from the power, authority, and control of the devil. I'm full of wisdom. I've got the mind of Christ. I've got the ability to prosper. Everything I put my hand to, it prospers. I have the favor of God on me. Everywhere I go, people want to bless me. They want to do good things for me. I'm a world overcomer. I'm a conqueror. Say, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a bit of a better hand than that, if you would.